Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast, or welcome back if you have been tuning in for a while. My name is Emily Elizabeth, and I am your host on this podcast. I sit down either on a solo episode or I'm in conversation with a guest discussing various topics that I have come to realize really serve as part of our fulfillment in life. And to me, that typically consists of three pillars your relationships, your career, and most importantly, your overall health. Today's episode is heavily focused around health, as you can probably tell by the title, but we also do dive into a little bit about entrepreneurship and building a brand and business and how it's actually not that glamorous, as most of you guys probably have heard before, but a little bit about the guest today. I have on Caroline, who is the founder and CEO of Copina Co., which is a plant-based collagen and supplement company with a mission of bridging the gap between internal health and external confidence. Having struggled with horrible cystic acne for over 10 years and various digestive concerns associated with Accutane, Caroline turned her biggest insecurity into a mission-driven company. Caroline started her business because she fundamentally believes that the new focus of beauty needs to be on internal health. And I will say... I agree with this as well. I have personally experienced some realizations around gut health and IBS and all of that back in college when I just knew that there was something was up and I couldn't even discuss it with some family members because they would honestly just say I'm getting bigger or I look different and all these different things. And of course, that made me somewhat insecure, but I just knew there was something wrong with my gut. And I remember when I mentioned it, to a doctor during like early 2020 she tried to diagnose a specific problem with a potential medication I could take all of that and I just internally even though I did not have the same kind of information as I do today with all the guests I talked to I just knew that that was not the right approach at least for me but anyways with Caroline after years of harsh acne medications like oral antibiotics and two rounds of Accutane which left her skin dry and depleted, and her gut health in shambles. She turned to holistic and herbal medicine out of a search for something better, and it changed her life. She saw the power of plants to heal us from within and bring the best of plant medicine to all with Copina Co. All of their blends were formulated by herbalists, are 100% vegan, and help to support your body's natural collagen production all from plants. Caroline also studied at University of Pennsylvania, so kind of in my backyard, kind of, not quite, but, you know, only about like an hour, 15 minutes away from my hometown, and we did touch on a bit about the importance and the impact of experiencing life in a completely new city, and so for her, similar to me, she went from West Coast to East Coast, and I went from East Coast to West Coast, and we both had 
quite a few years away from our home, our family, our comfort zone. And we touch on how that impacted her trajectory and as well as mine. So I think this is a very valuable episode, especially if you are intrigued and want to learn more about a holistic approach to your health. And so with that being said, we will dive into it. Alrighty. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I am very excited to dive into a little bit about gut health and holistic medicine and your personal journey with that. I know my audience and myself included, uh, you know, we really love to talk about this, especially because I personally went through some gut health issues, so to speak, during college. And I remember listening to podcasts and people that knew a little bit more about this that really allowed me to be more open-minded to it and recognizing how that could help my skin and, you know, just other aspects of my health. You know, before we begin, can you dive into a little bit more about who you are, your background, where you went to school, all the fun stuff? Well, Emily, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, So where to start? I, well, I grew up in California, so SFB area and I've always been very into, uh, of course, the outdoors, like, you know, I would go hiking. There were, there were hiking trails 15 minutes from my house when I was growing up. So that was kind of like the weekend tradition. We'd go mountain biking and hiking as a family, uh, which was always really fun and got really into, um, plant-based nutrition and plant-based eating when actually my, um, my uncle sadly died of a, died of, I, I didn't know him very well, but, uh, he died of heart attack when I was quite young, even though he was a marathoner, he was in his, you know, mid forties and he died of a heart attack. Um, and so much of it we came to find out could have been prevented through proper diet and, you know, just realized how prevalent so many health issues are in our country, in our world. Um, but so that kind of started me on an early interest in nutrition and, um, I had a whole experience with acne and, gut health and dry skin and healing, which I would love to get into with you. Um, but the, the footnotes, the footnotes before we get into that is, you know, grew up loving the outdoors and plant-based nutrition. And, uh, I went to, I, I rode crew. So I was a college athlete. Um, I rode in high school and then I got recruited to row in college. So I thought I wanted to do business school. I did undergrad business school at Wharton. Um, and road crew for a few years, <laughs> no, a year in college. And then I, I was like, oh man, this is incredibly tough on your body. <laughs> Stop doing that. Uh, but have always, I've always just loved moving my body and working and um, kind of came back to the business world a few years after college and realized how much I loved it. Um, I, my parents had a small business when I was a kid. And then when I was in college too, I used to work at the Small Business Development Center at Wharton, actually helping small businesses uh, build business plans, uh, which was a really interesting experience. Uh, even helped with local doggy spas, things like that. It was a lot of fun. Learned a lot. Um, but kind of, you know, everything later in life, like in my mid-20s, kind of culminated. You know, is my experience with acne, my experience with the power of nutrition to heal, and my love of business all kind of came together. And I founded my company in Copinico. Wow, that is incredible. And it's uh, interesting too. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you got a chance to experience Pennsylvania. That's actually where I'm from. I don't know if you ever oh, no way. explored outside of Philly, but I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Lancaster County. So, oh, yeah, no, 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 I definitely have. That's awesome. Yeah, they, it's a, there's, there's 
there's such beautiful um, hiking spots out there in, I'm not sure. Okay. You're going to have to remind me of my geography here. Does Lancaster at all cover like the Poconos or um, the Appalachian mountains? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's more, I guess you okay. could say like more going towards <laughs> central, but I, I totally understand. Yeah. Right. If, yeah. It, it, honestly, I would be feel the same way if I didn't know Pennsylvania that well, but, and even honestly being from Pennsylvania, I sometimes still don't know it that well. Cause there's just a lot of unexplored um, areas and, you know, it's not like California where I also li- I went to Chapman university. So I also lived in Oh, County, cool. LA. So I had the whole coast to coast experience, which I am curious to, to ask, like, do you, is that something you're really grateful to have experienced coming, you know, being born and raised in California and having lived there and then being able to experience the East coast for college? Oh yeah. I I'm very bullish on leaving where you grew up. Cause I, I think that there's yeah. such a, there's a certain discomfort level, um, okay. that goes with it. Right. And I'm someone, I'm super close to my family. I mean, I talk to almost every member of my family every day. Right. Like, <laughs> but I knew that I needed to go far away so that I couldn't mm-hmm. just call people every time I needed help with something. Like I really wanted to push myself in a different way. And I, I think to East coast and West coast culture, I, I mean, I could talk on this all day, but I think there's such a difference and uh, there's a kind of hustle on the East coast. Um, mm-hmm. And I know some people don't like hustle culture or whatever, but hustle gets a lot done. And, and I enjoyed, I, I love the West coast, like ended up moving back there. I live in San Diego now and I love it so much, but I love like the fire of the East coast and uh, I love the people and I love how people are a bit more authentic, maybe on the, on the West, on the <laughs> East coast. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly people in Philly, like if people in Philly have a problem, you know, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's not like in california where people say oh that's nice you know (laughs) have a good day and that's kind of their goodbye uh yeah Oh my goodness. You hit the nail on the head. It's so funny. Cause I say that all the time as well, because growing up in a small area, Pennsylvania, not many people from my town ever left Pennsylvania. You know, most people went to Villanova or, mm-hmm. um, you know, St. John's or just, you know, schools in New York, Penn state, of course. And, and that's something I emphasize on the show is, you know, when, if, and when you have the opportunity to leave that comfort zone, right. And put yeah. yourself in that discomfort, uh, to, to force yourself to grow, because I think, you as we all know, that's where growth occurs when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah. And I, I have a huge family. All of them are in the Bay area. You know, most of my cousins went to school in California. So, you know, there was that network, but I had no, like, I knew no one on the East coast. I think I knew one person when I moved yeah. out East and it just, it just changed my life. And I think it made me, once you go through something that's very uncomfortable and you realize, oh, wait, you know, the water's not that cold. It's fine. Uh, It's sort (laughs) of like exercising a muscle and it makes that muscle a little more able to do interesting stuff in the future. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm just smiling so much because I just feel like you had a very similar trajectory as, I mean, I'm 25, but I graduated three years ago, but very similar trajectory in terms of that experience of you know what you gain from being out of that comfort zone and likewise you know when I moved to California I didn't know anyone I I built my young adult life out there and then now I'm back in New York City so um or I'm back on the east coast so uh I feel like we just did the same thing except you know different coasts <laughs> no I love that it's it's that's yeah. so cool 
Well, I want to ask, what did you initially do after college before starting your business? You know, did you have experience, uh, you know, working for other companies? Did you uh, gain specific experience that really parlayed over into starting your business now? Yeah. So I worked, I did all sorts of things. Like I love, I'm a huge history nerd, um, fun mm-hmm. fact. And, uh, and I, I'm like, gosh, I want to be so many things when I was a kid. I wanted to be like an Egyptologist, all these different things. But I really, you know, I've always wanted to really help people's lives. Um, and I really think that business is an amazing vehicle to do that. But for a while mm-hmm. I was thinking more of the public policy route. So I was working, I did some stuff with like economic policy for a year or two uh, around like an internship and then just right after college. And I was like, you know what? This is not me. <laughs> I'm very energetic. This is not me. And so I wanted to break into a startup world. Um, and I'd done the whole banking internship thing. Um, like I did it. I interned at Credit Suisse in college just kind of because everybody was in my undergrad mm-hmm. business school. And I realized that was really not me. Um and I actually turned down a job offer from Credit Suisse because I was like, you know what? Even though this is extremely lucrative, I I, I just do not want to do this. This is not who I am. Um, mm. And wanted to go work in the startup world. And I think, you know, I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this, especially coming from an undergrad business environment. Like when you're when you're early twenties or just, you know, right in school, it, it's so tough because you, so many people want to work in startups, but they have no idea where to start. And it's not like these companies have the resources to go hire a bunch of recruiters all the time. Um, so for me, I'd had, I'd kind of known someone, like I'd known someone, um, for a long time, uh, at a company and in the food space, um, and I, they were going to be expanding quite a bit in a different area. And they were like, you know what, we, I know you really want to come in and do marketing, but we really have this need at this moment to help us in our factory space and production. And, you know, you can do the marketing as well, but we need, we really need help with this. And this is going to be a really interesting time. You can build brands. And I was kind of like, you know what, I, I felt like my gut feeling was that I needed to be exposed to as many things as possible at an early age. Like, and so I jumped on that and I actually, like I traded my heels and suit, you know, that I wore on the East coast during the day, uh, for a hairnet and, um, and a lab coat. And I did production and food safety for a few years, um, which taught like, it's really hard, but it taught me so much while I was kind of doing social on the side. And then I also started my own blog, Um, and I was working in the food space for a while and then was also starting a blog too, to teach myself about, you know, how to market instead of just reading textbooks or going to classes. Like I really wanted to get that firsthand knowledge. So Copinico actually started as a blog that I had as a side hustle and just kind of a passion project. Wow. Okay. That's very interesting. So at what point did you recognize or what was that aha moment of, oh, I want to turn Copinaco into this business? And of course, I want, you know, would love for you to share the backstory of why you decided on the specific products that you did. Yeah, well, I've always had this kind of itch to start a company. Um, and Copinaco was something that I started kind of as a creative outlet. Um, to share my journey with plant-based eating, but also uh, with a lot of my acne struggles. Um, I was going through years of cystic hormonal acne. Um, But essentially, 
I'd been looking for a while for kind of something to start as a business. In fact, I actually started a business earlier in my mid-20s that failed. It was a vegan cookie company. It was like a chocolate, think like vegan Twix. Super beautiful, really pretty. But I learned a lesson that I put so much time and energy into this thing and then finally realized like it wasn't feasible to manufacture. (laughs) Um, way late in the game, which is, which, you know, just wasted time and resources, but I learned so much. Um, so I'm telling you this just because I, I had kind of, okay, I want to start a business on the mind. Um, and I've gone through this really kind of tough journey with acne, um, which is kind of an embarrassing topic, right? You know, nobody likes talking about acne. No one likes going through acne. Um, there's kind of this thought that acne is this teenager thing. And even though it's super common with adults, uh, you know, that, okay, it's, it's something that, you know, 13 year olds go through, you aren't supposed to go through it. And so Mm -hmm. I, in my mid twenties was going through pretty severe, um, cystic hormonal acne after about 10 years of already having it. And, you know, during those 10 years, I'd been on almost every kind of harsh acne medication you can imagine. So it was like, oh my gosh, uh, I was on oral antibiotics for three years as a, uh, you know, when I was in middle school, which is not so crazy to me now thinking that that's commonly prescribed, but it is, um, yeah, I did Accutane twice. Um, I did spironolactone, all these things. And like, it was this, just this endless conveyor belt of harsh medications trying to treat some external thing without necessarily treating what's going on inside. And finally in my mid twenties, I realized, you know what? I do not feel good. I am being told that the, you know, the bloating, the dry skin, the the everything that I'm feeling is normal. But if this is normal, this ain't it. Like, I do not want this for myself. And I realized that I really had to learn to advocate for myself and take control of my own health. So I did that. Um, And I started researching uh, Ayurveda. I I kind of, you know, started the whole podcast thing. I think podcasts are a great way to start when you're kind of poking poking around things. And I'd heard people talking about functional medicine. I was like, what's that? And I started reading books on Ayurveda and hearing... Um, hearing about how, wow, you know, your skin is a reflection of your internal balances or imbalances, you know, oh my gosh, it's not just this thing that, you know, you put crazy chemicals on. And I mean, what a thought. And this is, you know, 2015, 2016. So not a lot of people were thinking this way. And mm-hmm. I um, started searching around for holistic medicine doctors, you know, I had no idea what they were or how to find one. But finally, through a lot of Googling, I was able to find one, um, started on this whole journey of really healing my gut and skin through herbs and plant botanicals and acids. And I mean, it changed my life. Like I, it was the first time that I was really looking at my own internal health, really looking at my quality of life for the answers with what was going on in my skin. And, you know, around, around that time I had pretty bad, um, dry skin from all of those harsh treatments, but also, you know, my gut health issues really impacted my skin and, and all the Accutane. And I'd seen, you know, collagen was something that so many people recommended. It's this like carry all thing, you know, it's like, it's like Windex and my big fat Greek wedding, you know, people would just be like, Oh, put some, you know, animal-based collagen on it. And, uh, I really didn't like how the animal-based collagen products made me feel. 
Um, I really didn't like how they were sourced. They're kind of byproducts of the meat industry. I mean, they're like ground up cowhides, fish skins, and eggshells. I'm like, ah, oh, this is not for me. And, um, but I really wanted those kind of benefits. I wanted my gut health to improve. I wanted, um, I wanted softer, more supple skin. I really had, was struggling with dry skin so much. And of course wanted anti-aging benefits and I had just seen all that plant medicine had been able to do for me. And so I kind of, you know, was asking my holistic doctor, Hey, you know, can plants do this? Like serve as an alternative for collagen. And she's like, Oh, hell Yeah. And that started on a path of, of exploring this new business idea. If tomorrow was your last day, would you feel as though you have maximized your potential? How would you describe your perfect day with no limitations? How can you work towards achieving something as close to this, if not exactly that? And what is your dream life? Where is it? Who's there with you? And what does your Saturday look like versus a Monday? These are some of my favorite questions from the What Fulfills You card game. And I created this card game with the intention to help you on your journey of personal growth, as actually all of these questions in this card game are questions that helped me in my own personal growth journey in my 20s. But even more than that, these questions help cultivate more purposeful and meaningful conversations, whether it's with your colleagues, your close friends, or date night. I love to play this on a night in with a few glasses of wine, or now that it is spring and summer season, I think it's just so fun to bring this with you when you're hanging out at the park, especially for my fellow New Yorkers who like to hang out in Central Park, have a cheese board, and just have some deep conversations. You can shop the card game online at whatfulfillsyou.com and since you are a listener of the show, you can get 10% off your purchase with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy. Ooh, and I love that it started with a personal problem. And, and just to be transparent too, I've always struggled with acne myself and I think majority of people do but of course like you said it's the most pretty topic to talk about um but it's funny when I remember when I was in college and I was you know fortunately I never you know was at a point where I felt the need to go on Accutane or you know certain harsher medications but I will say I was always very I, I was always like uncertain of even you know even if I was at that point like would I want to because um, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I was thinking there's just something that's like too simple about that process, right? Like you, you have acne and you, you take this for a certain period of time and then, you know, apparently goes away. And I remember, um, I had an ex at the time who I remember was, I was funny enough. He lives in San Diego. Um, but <laughs> I was, I was saying to him, I was like, you know, I I'm reading about this holistic medicine stuff and this gut health and how it, it likely is impacting your skin more than you know, and just other areas of your life. And I remember he was like, no, like that's, you know, a bunch of woo woo stuff. And so that, that does bring me to ask you, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, at the time too, of course, you didn't know much about this part of holistic medicine and, and gut health when you were being put on Accutane and all of that. But looking back, what would you say to someone that, that maybe feels uncertain as well as to exploring a more holistic route in curing and helping their skin along with other elements of their health. 
I, you know, when I was looking at this, I'd been, I mean, I'd been through the ringer, nothing had worked. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, what do I have to lose? You know, even if this, I thought, okay, I'm going to try this for six months. My skin can't be worse than it is now. Um, Mm. I really don't feel good. And I think the biggest thing is thinking about your quality of life. You know, this health, beauty, like health, beauty is health. Beauty should be health. And thinking about the kind of quality of life you want to have and how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel good? Do you, do you think that you, there's a possibility for better health and just feeling better than you feel right now um, out there? And if so, you know, it's, it's worth exploring. And so I was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to give this six months. I'm going to see how I feel. What the heck? And if it doesn't do that, you know, I'll go back to the other. If it doesn't work, I'll go back to the other stuff. But it it did work. It, it takes a while. It's not it's not a magic pill, um, right? Though they are, you know, pill supplements. It takes a while, um, but it's oh my gosh, it's it's so worth it to see your health in a whole different way. What did you start with? Was it changing a specific part of your diet? Was it removing dairy, for example, or being, you know, eating gluten-free? Like what were some of the first initial steps that was, was easy for you to understand on implementing into this, I guess, lifestyle change? Yeah. You know, I'd actually been, the funny thing is, I think that like, I see so much stuff online just about how diet can solve everything and diet plays such a role in um, in long-term health in really getting us to the best place. But sometimes you're in such a spot because so many of these medications and so much of our, of our environment can do such damage that you, know, you need a little extra help. So I was in that space. I really, I was having a lot of gut health issues and actually had pretty bad candida. And I, um, I was actually vegan and gluten-free for three years, <laughs> even when I was going through all this stuff. And, um, so my doctor, you know, let me know that, Hey, you know, you need, you need some more help here. So I actually got started on, um, I did a gut health test basically, and started mapping out and seeing, okay, what are the actual, you know, what are the act, what's the actual bacterial makeup of your unique microbiome and what's that going to respond to? And for me, um, you know, it definitely was about continuing things like switching out coffee for matcha was a big thing that I was doing, you know, continuing not having dairy, not having really inflammatory things, um, like heavy grains, but I, I was already doing that. So I was taking things like, um, grapeseed extract, uh, you know, caparillic acid, a, l- a lot of different things. I was taking Cola to help to heal my skin. Um, but it was really something unique that my doctor put together like for me. And, and I think too, as well, most people should understand it is a personalized experience. Like, like you're kind of saying, you know, just because something works for one of us, it doesn't mean that specific formula works for another person. I think it really does come down to what you need specifically. So for you did like, what, what were some of the initial impacts besides your skin? Like, did you, like in terms of more gut health issues, did you, like, what were some of the changes that you noticed over the, the, the period of time? Cause again, you were kind of already on like a gluten-free and vegan eating style. Like what, so once you implemented these um, new regimens from your doctor's recommendations, did you notice anything specific? 
As most of you have probably heard for a while now, I've been consistently drinking Magic Mind because not only does it taste so good, especially if you love a hint of matcha flavor, but this stuff helps me get into my flow state and I always feel a stronger sense of focus, which makes sense since it is a productivity drink. While I love coffee and I do make it every morning, when it comes to preparing for my workflow or wanting something to sip on before I get into my work, I always choose Magic Mind because like I said, it helps me get into my flow state and it makes me feel more focused and productive. The best part is that it is all natural and I'm going to share with you a few key facts and ingredients. Number one, it is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee if you drink coffee for energy and focus. For me, like I said, I drink it more for just the pleasure of making coffee. So this one is definitely a better alternative if you prefer more of an energy focused drink. It helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. And lastly, it is all natural ingredients including adaptogens, matcha, and nootropics. If you've been considering it for a while, I highly, highly recommend you give this a try. I drink this every single day, no joke, and it comes in a box of 15 and I like it so much sometimes I drink two in a day, but disclaimer, it is not recommended. They do recommend one, but I just truly love it so much. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash fulfill during checkout. That's fulfill, F-U-L-F-I-L-L at magicmind.co slash fulfill. I immediately felt better just with like, I didn't see the skin changes at first, but I immediately felt better with my daily life. Like I can tell you digestion was the biggest thing for me. I just could not digest my food properly. And, um, that immediately started feeling better when I started really addressing what was going on in my gut. And when I started addressing that then my skin slowly healed, because the thing is our skin is a reflection of how healthy we are. And you know, if you're experiencing puffiness, you're experiencing dry skin, you're experiencing kind of acne, it's your body telling you it wants to be healthier. And it's really, and it's kind of cool when you think about it like that. Like it's not a problem. It's really just your body telling you it wants a certain quality of life. And it's really our job to, um, to fix, to listen to it and, and fix that. So I want to dive into collagen because I know that is what your business really focuses on. At what point did you start to recognize the impact of that? And what were some of the initial products you were trying? Because I will say I, even for me, I drink and uh, feel free to give me your thoughts on this, but I drink this bone broth with collagen. Um, it's one that I get from Whole Foods. Uh, I, you know, I've always just kind of, I, I love the taste of it. And I, and I just, for me, it's always made me feel good. And I always was like, oh, you know, collagen is in it. I mean, that's a, a benefit of that. But I know that um, we're, we'll definitely dive into, I guess, the truth about the collagen industry. And I'm sure you have more in-depth research on that. But can you share a little bit about, you know, just your understanding of collagen and as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, like what is collagen? Let me kind of explain that for some people because some people may not know. So collagen is a protein. It's something that our bodies make. It's in that connective tissue in our bodies. It's in kind of that fatty tissue under our skin. Like if you pinch your cheeks, it's in, you know, that bounciness that you might feel. Think of it as a rope in your body that you really want to help keep nice and tight. So it's this protein that you make. And our bodies make less of that protein over time. 
So things like our skin hydration, that kind of bounciness in our skin that we feel, our joint health, all can be impacted when we have deep depleted collagen. So for me, this was a big concern after I'd been through so many years of harsh acne treatments because I was having really terrible dry skin health. Um, and uh, you know, I was definitely interested in anti-aging benefits too, but it was really the dry skin that I was looking at. And when I was taking animal-based collagen, I really didn't see the benefits personally. And also it really, uh, you know, I didn't like how it was sourced, but also it did not make me feel good. It was giving me a lot of, um, a lot of bloating. I, I just personally didn't agree with my system. Um, so essentially when you're looking to support collagen, there are two routes you can go about it. You can go the kind of that typical route where you're ingesting animal-based collagen. And when you're doing that, you're ingesting the completed protein and it's going into your bloodstream. Uh, or the thought is that, you know, you ingest that, it goes into your bloodstream and your body absorbs it that way. So you're absorbing like external collagen to net increase the collagen levels in your body. The other way you can go about it is a different route. You can say, okay, how can I help my body address the underlying reasons why it might be making less collagen and how can I support that collagen more? So there's actually no such thing as a vegan collagen because collagen is a protein and plants uh, don't, I mean, you, you, you can synthesize it. Some people are doing this in labs, but plants are very different. Plants contain collections of amino acids, but not the same thing as animal-based protein. What plants do though, is, and this is what we do with my company. And I worked with the, with herbalist to source and dose and formulate all of my blinds, um, is use plant botanicals that help your body make more of its own collagen. So it's about supporting your own body's collagen. And it's been transformative, uh, in my life, having our products. Like I, I, I mean, obviously I love them. I made them uh, full disclosure, but I have them a few times a day. Um, and it's, it's really impactful and really cool to see people being like, well, I'm getting these benefits that I thought could only come from animal products, but I'm getting them from plants and I'm helping to address the underlying reasons why I might be experiencing other issues as well, uh, in my health, which is really exciting. Okay. So in other words, the, the, the quote unquote plant-based that in itself is not actually collagen, but instead it's some, it's a, I guess you could just say like a source that helps you create the collagen more on your own. Exactly. So, so there's no such thing as a vegan collagen. So like plant-based collagen supports like Copinico, mm-hmm. um, use plant botanicals that help your body make more of its own collagen and they Got help it. increase your collagen levels that way. And they do this through vitamins and amino acids present in the plant botanicals. And it's really important too, when you're having these kind of alternative products to really pay attention to sourcing, like most of the ingredients, you know, um, 69 to 95% of the ingredients, for example, in our products are organic. We're not hundred percent USDA organic because it's just not possible at this moment with sourcing. Um, but other products like most animal based products don't even have a single organic ingredient in them. Um, it's also really important when you're looking at things, and I don't even care if you, you know, buy Copinico. If you're if you're looking at things in general, to really buy something that's um, sourced by professionals. Um, so all Copinico products, who are super careful, are sourced and dosed by herbalists, and they contain, you know, not just a few buzzy ingredients, but actually six plant botanicals that support your body's own collagen. Because it's like 
essentially you can't just put in. So a lot of people with different products that you might find in the market will just put a buzzy ingredient on there. But, you know, if you have like, you know, X microgram milligrams, whatever it is, that may not be the correct amount where you're actually going to be able to see benefits. So we actually used academic research and historical use and worked with our herbalist partners to put in the quantities where you will see benefits in there instead of just some random amount for marketing, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And and to help listeners have a better understanding of how their body actually produces the collagen, right? Because your product in itself, it it helps boost the body's ability to actually produce collagen within the body. Could you elaborate on maybe like the science behind like how that actually works? It's essentially plant botanicals that have vitamins and amino. It was a little bit of the stuff that we were talking about before. So it's the plant botanicals that have vitamins and amino acids that help your body make more of its own collagen. So ingredients that we use are things like organic tremella mushroom extract, which um, many of our ingredients have other benefits. Like for example, that ingredient is very high in things like antioxidants, um, but has also been used for centuries to help uh, with skin hydration, but contains those vitamins that do help with collagen production. Um, Other ingredients like bamboo leaf extract are extremely high in silica, Silica, um, silica is extremely important for collagen production in general. In fact, bamboo is actually the plant that has the highest density of silica in, in the plant kingdom, which is really interesting. Uh, and then we're also using things like biotin, mm-hmm. things you might not, might not expect in something that you're having in your morning coffee, like hyaluronic acid that's food grade and amla berry powder, which has been used for centuries in Ayurveda to help with hair health as well. Um, we're also using more ingredients that herbalists commonly use. Um, so things like go to cola or actually that was something that I've taken for a mm-hmm. while, but, um, go to cola is a commonly prescribed, um, or not prescribed, but commonly recommended dose, but, uh, or by herbalists to really help with skin ailments. So in, in working with these new ingredients, it's not the same as working with lab grown stuff because a lot of these herbal ingredients really depend on um, individual use. Every person responds differently, but also so much of mm-hmm. um, holistic medicine, right. so much of herbalism is really about that historical use and the long-term experience of the practitioners and seeing, um, you know, for the last few centuries, but also in, in modern life and seeing how people react to certain herbs as well. So we, we use historical use, the opinions of our partners, but also academic research where we see studies done by universities, done by research centers that show Mm -hmm. efficacy on a certain dose for claims that we are making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason why I asked that as well is because I feel like as a whole, most people in general don't really even understand how their body produces it. Right. So even like making simple like let, let's say if they were to ask oh but like what are just basic everyday foods or like what types of ingredients in my foods help me produce that right like people don't even know that so let alone that's why I was trying to break it down for people to understand what it is inside. things yeah, that yeah. decrease collagen yeah. in your daily life or any kind of inflammation 
Um, but also things, things in general, when, when you think about things that are just kind of not good for your health, things like stress, a lot of sugar, lack of sleep, um, too much caffeine, um, a lot of, a lot of inflammation in general, um, mm-hmm. really disrupt mm-hmm. your body's natural healing processes, which include its production of collagen as well. Um, foods like a lot of foods that are very high in vitamin C mm-hmm. are really good for supporting collagen as well. Um, and that's why a lot of people love things like vitamin C serum. So I actually use a vitamin C mm-hmm. serum almost every day. Um, in my own routines. And then a lot of people, you know, I really love certainly getting a lot of greens, but having things like carrots, sweet potato in your diet really do help with, uh, help support collagen as well. Right. I'm curious, why do you think traditional medicine doesn't focus on, well, I mean, besides the fact that it is different than holistic medicine, but of course, over the past few years, I think both of us can agree the increase in interest and conversations around gut health and holistic medicine. um, And this approach has been talked about more, but why do you think it is that people who haven't really learned about some of this information yet? Why, why is it that you think they don't discuss some of this or why they think this stuff isn't necessarily true? And how can we maybe make that conversation more open to those who are maybe understanding this for the first time? Yeah. Um, now I'm not a doctor and I'm not a public right. health expert, but I can tell <laughs> you that from my own experience, um, you know, when I go and Google these things, like when I was first starting this journey, I can tell you, I went to go, you know, I heard about I heard about this through podcasts, right? Because it was certainly never something talked about in my dermatologist's office that gut had anything to do with my skin. And I remember going to my dermatologist being like, hey, I want a functional, I want functional medicine tests. And I kind of said that not really knowing what they were, but I eventually got that out. Okay, it's a gut health test. And I went there and they were like, oh, we can't prescribe that for you because gastro has nothing to do with derm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so, you know, thinking about, I, I think that, you know, if I'm hit by a car, like I'm, I'm going to a surgeon, you know? And I think that there's so many things that Western medicine does well, but in my own experience, there's this thought that your body is made of these like Lego blocks that don't, and there's no understanding of how they connect. Um, and I think people are getting more into that now, you know, even in my, even in my own health, I would, I mean, my, a few years ago when I would tell my, you know, my personal doctors and, and I kind of switched doctors too, you know, I wanted people who were more receptive, but I was telling people, you know, Hey, I'm going to a holistic medicine doctor. They would always get, um, you know, they would always get a bit affronted by it. Um, but now, you know, I have a doctor who's like, Hey, I'm very open to hearing what they have to say and put the lab test that you're doing there in your chart. You know, let's keep track of this stuff. Really hope this works out for you. And I think there's more openness um, to that dialogue, but, you know, I think sometimes um, when you look at articles about different holistic practices, you just see, you see the words, like I was even reading an article the other day, this is not proven. And you know, I, uh, I don't know what need, what it needs to take to have these things be proven, but it's, it's like saying, I think it's kind of like saying walks don't benefit your mental health, you know, or diet doesn't impact your immune system. You know, we, we, we know these things are true. 
And uh, I think it really takes us advocating for our own health as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And and I, I asked that just because I, I'm sometimes surprised, you know, because I've, I've been interested in this approach to health and um, especially as well, my mom had breast cancer a couple years ago sure. and, and, you know, I always, uh, you know, fortunately that they, she's overcome that and, and she's much better now, but I remember, so glad to hear that. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember just talking to my dad who has been in the healthcare industry for all of his career. I was telling him, you know, I, I think there's something more than just you know, the, the traditional way they are approaching cancer, for example, something of that nature. And mm-hmm. I've always told them, um, my, both my parents, I said, I, I think there it has more to more than you know to do with the the stress levels my mom had, um, just her diet as a whole, the way she took care of herself, which now uh, you know better safe than sorry now. But fortunately, she observes that and and she approaches a lot of her health now in this more holistic route. But again, it's it's so um, because of that personal experience, I've, I'm so I'm such an advocate for opening that dialogue for people to be like, Hey, at least be be open-minded about it. Because sometimes if you believe there's only one way to approaching your skin, for example, or, you know, a really, um, you know, unfortunate disease, then it, it may prevent opportunity to even like prevent it occurring in the first place. And I, I personally hold the opinion that I do think some of that can be prevented if you have that understanding. And again, if you hear this early on, like if someone's listening to the show right now, and if they hear this now, they're like, oh, that, that might just plant the seed. You know what I mean? Totally. And, uh, and, and thank you for sharing that. It's, you know, I, I think too, that it can be scary when you're going through like, you know, acne is not that big of a deal in this, in the grand scheme of things, but you are thinking of stuff that really impacts your self, your health. It's, it's definitely scary. And, um, around the time that I was going through this stuff with my skin, my mom, was diagnosed with osteopenia. So that's, you know, you basically being on your way to have osteoporosis Mm -hmm. and she'd lost a certain amount of her bone density and, you know, was pretty freaked out by that and was pretty angry that her doctors hadn't caught it sooner, but Mm -hmm. she really got on top of it and she started doing her own research and really getting inspired and connected with doctors in her area who were looking at, um, the connection with lifestyle and diet. Um, and she's actually, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, but she's been working with, um, with a doctor that, you know, is a, is a normal like MD doctor, but does believe more in these holistic ways. And she's been able to, um, stop her bone loss completely oh, wow. for the last few years, which is oh. really fantastic. And she feels so much more in charge of her health mm-hmm. too. Um, and for her, so much of it was acidity in her diet and things like that. You know, she was like, oh, I love chocolate and beer. And I was having that almost every day. And those are terrible for my bone health. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's being aware of those kind of things too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said too, I, I felt that when, when you said the, the phrase of like kind of being a little bit angry towards the doctor for like not catching it soon, that's kind of, I mean, I think as a daughter and, and again, when, when, you, when it's your mom, it's like, oh, you start to realize like, are these some of the things I have to be concerned about when I'm older, right? So um, it, it really made me feel that way in a sense of, of like, you, you know, it's like when, when you're, when you're looking at 
your your parents and and caring about their health. You want the doctors to be paying attention as well and personalizing it with them, not just giving them a a prescription or just something that they do for everyone that has the same issues. And they're like, all right, on to the next, you know. And and that's why I started piquing a lot of interest in this topic because I do think that there is more to it than we know. So <laughs> I'm really yeah, glad we got no, to- definitely, you know, I have some friends who are physicians too. And mm-hmm. even then, you know, they, they'll even say too how doctor schedules have changed so much and they, they just have so many people to see all the time. So I think doctors are really trying, but it's, it's so tough on their part too, because they just have so many patients they have to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's just, um, I, I'm, I personally think that there's going to be a shift in, I think, you know, in healthcare and how we approach a lot of that over the next few years, um, especially after the pandemic. So it'll be interesting to see, but, um, I do want to shift gears really quickly into more about your business and how you ended up, you know, starting it out, scaling it and, and how you brought it to where it is today. What was the initial start? And what were some of the struggles that most people don't really get to hear about in the beginning days of entrepreneurship? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, so I had this idea for this business um, and I needed to give myself a deadline because I learned from this earlier experience where my mistake was kind of romanticizing my business yep. and thinking about the packaging and the design and thinking about all these things and what it could be, but not putting it to work and not focusing on getting a minimum viable product out there as soon as possible, like making that your North star mm-hmm. that really wasted so much time. So this time I learned my lesson and I thought, okay, I'm going to focus on all my energy on launching this product on a certain date. Um, and that was really helpful for me because then you can kind of work back and see, and, you know, I t- talked to everyone. Like I read, I read all these books, um, but I listened to all the podcasts, but also talked to a ton of friends who had started businesses about, um, you know, what that looks like. And then I had also had my own experience with small business and with business goals, certainly to fall back on, but broke it down into small steps, um, but, and also my, my husband is in the military and he, um, he was deploying, he's in the Navy and he was going to deploy, you know, seven months after I had this idea and he'd be gone for like eight months. So I thought, okay, I don't have kids. Like I have this idea. Uh-huh. This is going to be a good time. And I kind of gave his deployment date as like my time when I was going to, I was going to get this out. And I think I launched two weeks after that, but uh-huh. early things with me, I remember, <clears throat> You know, I remember thinking that I wanted to do some kind of morning elixir thing and I wasn't sure what it was going to be. I remember going to a wedding and experimenting with these, you know, post-drink detox drinks for a while with a lot of activated charcoal and gave them to people after the wedding and figured out very quickly that they were God awful and no one would ever buy them. (laughs) But um, there's actually a book, if you're thinking about starting a business that I really recommend people do. And I'm a big proponent of journaling. Yeah, I do a journaling practice every day, but I really believe in taking, if you're even thinking about doing anything, anything in business, take a weekend to yourself, hunker down, read this book, and it's called Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm-hmm. And it's how to look at any category, anything, and see open waters. Because it's really easy to look at stuff and think, oh, there's no more room for me out there. Which if that was true, we wouldn't have a million sparkling water brands or cookie brands, but we do. 
or ice creams, you know, there are already ice creams out there, but people find new ones, but it's, it's really important to, when you're thinking about a business to think about the facts that people do not need what you're putting out there, right? Like Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily need that. They don't need what you want them to need, right? You need to find what their needs are and fulfill those. And so actually sitting out and mapping what are common problems people have, you know, and, and it really helps to look at what you like, what you're passionate about, you know, things you've noticed, but it could be anything and mapping out what's already out there. And I actually did a lot of journaling, the grids and I, I know it sounds somewhat cliche to be like, Oh my gosh, just journal about it. But it actually is such a good tool. Um, another really good book that I read that I would recommend is, um, disciplined entrepreneurship. It's by the head of MIT's business school. Mm. And it's actually, um, it's this book all about, um, you know, of course, creating product, understanding your, um, you know, all of the margins, everything like that that goes into it. And it's really important to understand costs in any business. I would try to figure that out and talk to people, but Mm -hmm. thinking about too, how you might scale a business is really important. So with Copinico, one thing I was thinking about is, geez, okay, I'm seeing all of these ad rates go up. Like there are so many articles about how ad rates are going up with social media um, out there. And I don't just want to be a pure DVC business. So I really wanted to use my wholesale channel as a way to grow the business and to triangulate what I was doing. Um, and part of this book, um, Disciplined Entrepreneurship, helped me think about um, systems and how you can really scale a business and not just thinking about the cost of the products, but the cost of like getting your each sale. Mm. So the cost of customer acquisition, yes. all of these things are so important. Um, but I, you know, I slowly started, you know, first thinking about what the product should be and then, you know, poking around different things. I, I went to, uh, I went to a natural foods trade show Expo West, and there are a ton of ingredient suppliers there. I met a ton of people. Um, I got connected with different herbalists through contacts that I had kind of through my own health exploration. I had them help me do my formulation. I tried doing my own packaging myself, but I realized in about 30 seconds that that was going to be not feasible at all. <laughs> so I actually, um, I didn't hire a fancy agency or anything. I found a local college student, um, and, uh, you know, made a ton of brand books and everything, told her the exact kind of thing that I wanted. And we worked together on packaging for a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, my brand wasn't perfect. I launched with really the minimum viable products, actually stickered packaging, um, for the first very soft launch. Cause I knew I'd want to change things. Yeah. My, my mom helped me pack orders the first weekend. Yeah. Um, but what I really focused on was just the next best step every single day. Mm. Wow. And, and thank you for sharing just, you know, what the beginning stages look like, because I, I find that a lot of people don't get to hear that, of course, and this is why I ask these questions on the show is because I think it's so important for pe- for people to recognize if you ever want to do a business or even, 
you know, scale or, or climb the corporate ladder, so to speak, right? It's like, there, there's a lot of work and effort that goes into that. And there is a lot of, you know, amateur days that people don't get to really see, right? Like if I look at your website right now, it's like the packaging is beautiful. The website is beautiful, but people don't really get to hear like how long that took. And, and the reality of like, when you're starting out, it's, it's actually not as, as, as cute, right? It's like, oh yeah, I'm fulfilling my orders. I'm having family members help me pack and, and get these orders out. And, and I think that's just the reality that I, I really hope and love for people to hear more of. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think it's really important to like something I actually really believe is not everyone should start a business. And it doesn't mean that you're bad. You're not worthy. You don't start a business. You know, it's just not for everyone. Um, when I was in, like, it's, it can be very lonely. Um, you know, you, you can't do everything. Like you do, I don't see my friends as often as I would like, you know, I really have to think about my priorities with my time. Um, but I remember when I was in college working at the small business development center, which was basically, you know, this, the center that the SBA works with on universities to create that helps local businesses, you know, prepare for loans, create business plans, things like that. Think about their business, try to help people succeed. But I think the number one reason I would hear people say that they were starting businesses was because they wanted to control their own time and their own hours. And they wanted, they wanted more free time and very quickly learned, oh, that is the worst reason to start a business because <laughs> you will not have free time. Um, and you know, most businesses also fail. Um, the great thing about businesses are that they create opportunities for others. They drive value. They create real solutions. Too. And I want to help other people start businesses. I'm so passionate about this. But also, it, it is an interesting thing that we have so much interest in business right now. And I think, you know, in the girl boss era, uh, you know, so much entrepreneurship is really fetishized, but we actually have record lows of people actually starting businesses because I think that there's kind of this notion that it's supposed to be really glamorous and pretty. And there's also a notion of what a business is, right? You know, I, I think, and I fell into this trap too, you know, thinking about, oh, a business is a bunch of people at girl boss rallies sitting on a panel. No, you know, a business, think, think about the businesses, even in your area, like your local, your local dry cleaner shop, your local clock repair shop, you know, whatever it is, those are real businesses. But thinking about, I think more nuts and bolts and old school fundamentals are, are really important. Um, when you're thinking about this and, and realizing too, that you don't have to be actually starting your own company to be entrepreneurial. You can be entrepreneurial in any area of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for hitting, hitting that point because I couldn't agree more. I do think that it is glamorized and that so many people think that it's, a relatively easy process or that maybe it's like not as hard as it seems but <laughs> like you said yeah you you don't have as much free time it's a, it's you make a lot of sacrifices and you know especially at the younger ages for those who are listening it's it's not you you know you, you give up the brunch and you give up the the night friday nights out sometime and i've always said this you know anything you want in life you have to make some sacrifices initially in the first couple of years, or you know, you you never know how long that beginning stage is. Two final questions: What is an advice that piece of advice that you have that you would share with young women in their twenties? And this can be in any part of life, whether it's professionally in their career or in personal relationships. Um, just really anything that you know that sticks with you when you think back in your twenties. 
I would say, I think, you know, I think about all the things that I just stressed out about so much in my twenties and things are okay. You know, I would say, okay, let me be more concise with this first piece of advice. I think our biggest problem is us thinking that we aren't supposed to have any things pass and our mindset and how we approach things is the most important thing. And failure is your friend. That's kind of the first, the first piece. And, and the second piece I think is to, well, I'm going to tack on the failure as your friend thing, but really to explore so much. I think when you're, I, I think that especially when you're young, um, it's really important to flex that muscle of going outside your comfort zone, you know, asking, making the first move on the person you think is cute. Re, you know, applying for a raise, yes. <laughs> starting, starting, you know, if you don't want to start the whole business, starting something in the farmer's market, um, going for a goal, doing something every day that makes you genuinely uncomfortable and really learning to flex that muscle and doing something that scares you. Like I was really afraid to put myself out there for a while and it's still not very com- comfortable for me. And sometimes I feel like, I'm not going to say what word, you know, that word, but on your podcast, but I'll be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily comfortable for me, but it, it's, I, I get, I see myself growing so much because I'm always putting myself out there and I've gotten comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oof. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, and I, I could not agree more for young women to really consistently hear that, you know, to get out of their comfort zone and especially making the first move on anything, whether it's doing approaching a goal or approaching the cute guy. I say that all the time. So that's why I was laughing. I was like, I say that all the time on this show. <laughs> okay. Well, one last question, something I ask every guest on the show, but in reflecting, all, you know, in, in everything we talked about in, in, in your own life, what would you say fulfills you? I was actually thinking about this, that this morning. Um, I, okay. Cause I feel like so, so much. Um, and by the way, I think it's so cool. You've created this podcast and you're doing all this and I just think you're awesome. But, um, I, you know, was thinking about the facts that life gets so busy and sometimes it can feel like waking up, going to work, uh, eat, cook, you know, work out, repeat. And that's fine. But I was thinking about what really fulfills me and what I really want the impact of my time to be. So for me, it's thinking about spreading health through plant-based eating, helping people eat more plants um, and live healthier lives, because I really feel like that's the foundation of high quality of life. Um, I want to spread opportunities for others. And, you know, of course, for myself, I like uh, I like exploring my potential. And then I really want to um, develop my own positive mindset and, and help others with that um, and uh, really work hard on flexing that positivity muscle. Um, but those are kind of things that I think about uh, that I want to, I, I hope that um, how I spend my energy and time furthers those things that I care about. Wow. I really love that. And, and I could not agree more and resonate with your message. Wow. Thank you so much, Caroline. This was such a good conversation. And I really learned a lot, you know, hearing from your story and your journey, where can everyone find you and learn more about Copina Co and, you know, even shop your products? Emily, thank you. Uh, you're so kind, first of all, um, and really appreciate being on. You can follow uh, my company at Copina Co on Instagram, TikTok, all the things. 
Um, my handle is at Carolyn Shannon. You can shop us at uh, copinaco.com. We're also in places like Urban Outfitters, Anthropology, um, and soon to be Whole Foods this fall. And um, uh, also at your local independent shop. Amazing. Wow. Thank you. And congrats on Whole Foods, Urban Outfitters, all of the good stuff. I know that is, um, you know, a long journey to get to. So this is amazing. And I will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you again, Caroline, for being on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Emily. I really appreciate that. And that was all for today's episode with Caroline. I hope you found something valuable and tangible from this episode. And as always, if you did, please be sure to let us know on Instagram, share this on your Instagram story and tag the podcast Instagram at what fulfills you. And if you are interested in trying out Copina Co. for yourself, you can get 15% off your first order with the code WHATFULFILLSYOU. This is not sponsored. She decided to share a code with you guys if you are interested. And I'm certainly trying out myself. I will be getting the matcha flavor. I love some good matcha. So definitely check it out, you guys. I will link the website, the business, the Instagram, all that good stuff. It's all in the show notes. And again, if you want 15% off, you can get it online at her website, copinaco.com with the discount code, what fulfills you. Thanks again for tuning in today. I will chat with you all in the next episode.